0: This is the Oanda Podcast.
1: You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts from across the globe. And today I'm delighted to say we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. How are you doing, Ed?
0: Wonderful. Great to start December with you, Johnny.
1: And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving.
0: Uh, it was it was uh, spectacular. Got to see the in-laws, and also uh, later on, during the weekend, uh, my son had his first sleepover. So uh, a, re- a return to normal uh, for many in, in the in the Moya household.
1: That is progress indeed. Let's talk about the markets, and firstly, uh, Jerome Powell and his testimony, and uh, he has said that the central bank could unravel its uh, vast economic support, quote-unquote, perhaps a few months sooner than anticipated in an effort to combat the surging prices that we've had. So hawkish comments from j despite Omicron. um, Those remarks, I think, have intensified speculation that interest rates could rise more quickly than expected. Are you surprised about how hawkish they were bearing in mind this news about the new variant over the last few days?
0: I, I was surprised on for many reasons. I, I feel that just, you know, over a week ago, he, you know, was up in the air whether or not he was going to get nominated for a second term. And, you know, a lot of the rhetoric from the Fed chair was more on the the side of caution. And and you're you're seeing them once he got that nomination, <laughs> uh, it, and uh, I think after looking at one of the hottest inflation reports in uh, decades... Uh, yeah, the, the the Fed chair uh, realized, you know, he needs to put himself in a position to be able to raise rates. So um, it was completely warranted. Um, it did surprise many just because of his dovish nature. Um, and uh, I, I think that you know you're you, you saw a very fascinating reaction with the Treasury curve, the short end yeah rates rates were uh, you know surging but you know the the longer end uh, you know the 30 year the 30 year yield hit the lowest level since january um and and I think you know you, you saw the flattener and uh, that really kind of uh, surprised a lot of investors and I, I think what you're starting to see is um, you know these rate height expectations have been one of the most volatile topics over the past couple of months um you know a month ago we were i I was talking about possibly one rate hike. Then it became two. Then a lot of people thought it was going to be three. Then it went back down to two with Omicron. And, and then all of a sudden, now, you know, we're we're looking at, you know, three rate hikes next year, maybe five um, by the end of 2023. And and I think that you're 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 starting to see though, you know, the long end of the curve curve is not rising, and that's fascinating because. You're, you're you're seeing tapering accelerated so the you know the the us is not going to be buying um this this uh, paper and and now you're 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 going to see that you know that there's a lot of growth concerns and that's why uh some some of uh, you know the, the 10 and the 30 year old are yields are not rising so so it's it's a it's a fascinating uh, pivot by by the fed chair uh, and uh now, now you're gonna see that we're gonna completely remain focused on um, uh, inflation and, and i think that now uh you know the, the the fed is very much concerned that um you know even if Omicron, or if we get other new COVID variants, um, you know, disrupt some of these supply chain problems that we have, and and if we if we see uh, disruptions in Malaysia, Vietnam, uh, you know, that could actually really derail, um, you know, a lot of these uh, pricing pressures that were supposed to ease by the you know first half of next year so so i think we're we're locked in into a, a complete focus on inflation and and i think the other key thing we have to take a look at is labor participation that has not improved whatsoever and that is very concerning to the Fed. And if we don't see that improve, uh, that's gonna possibly raise the prospects that they're gonna have to raise rates um, um, even despite a complete labor market recovery for at least what they deem complete. Uh, and uh, I, I think you're gonna have FX volatility is going to remain in place. And, and I think that now the consensus for a lot of traders um, was that you know the dollars days were, were winding down and that eventually, you know, the, the U.S. is going to pass the growth potential story to the Europeans, and and you were going to see um, uh, Europe really um, excel. But now it's, it's looking like you might have the Fed delivering more rate hikes and delivering uh, or having a, a stronger interest rate differential um, by the, you know, the summertime. And uh, that's having a lot of people to, you know, flip their calls and to no continue to ride that dollar. And uh, I think you're you're going to probably see the the expectations are going to be now probably three Fed rate hikes next year. And it's hard to argue against a stronger dollar um, with such a a a pivot and. I, I think uh, I think that's that's really going to kind of uh, keep this FX market volatile. And, and, and in addition to that, emerging markets are struggling. You, you've seen Turkish lira hit fresh record lows. They intervened. I think lira strengthened by seven percent. Now it's weakening again. So there's so much volatility going on in FX, and I think that's going to remain the case. And I think you should probably anticipate that December is going to be a very difficult month for for. Um, that trading just because you have uh, it seems like we're trading from headline to headline um, regarding the, the new variant. And also it's end of year. It's uh, a lot of people are looking to um, um, on the institutional side, um, lock in profits. I think there's some of these some of the the. the People are transitioning back into safety, and uh, I think it's fascinating to see that. And you know, one of the biggest safe havens right now is Apple. <laughs> uh, so, so I think you're going to see that um, there's there's a lot of positioning going on right now. But I think that you know we're we're going to completely remain um, um, I think headline sensitive, and, and that that makes for a very difficult market. But um, but I think in the end, um, U.S. stocks are still going to be in a, in a in a good position, unless the Fed makes a policy mistake, and the policy mistake would be if they had to deliver um, um, more than three rate hikes next year to tackle uh, persistently high inflation. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, but right now, I think uh, no, it's it's been quite quite a, a, a pivot from Fed Chair Powell, and uh, we'll see uh, uh, how how the inflation story unfolds.
1: Yeah, we're well, certainly headline sensitive, and uh, you know, talking about. Uh, the inflation numbers and uh, you mentioned the rate hikes we have a complete contrast here in the UK where some are suggesting that in a couple of weeks time when the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee sits that they won't after all raise the rates albeit by a very small amount because of the latest headlines about uh, Omicron now that might be a very short term thing and we're back to you know square one in January or, or, or February but as you said The the differential between rates in the United States and rates in Europe and uh, more specifically the UK could become even more stark and that will affect currency as well.
0: Yeah, very much. And I think it's a it's a similar story as far as, you know, lots of shifts in interest rate expectations, because it was really just last week where it was you were running out of reasons on why. We shouldn't lift our rates in December, and now um, you're, you're you're seeing that uh, you know inflation is 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 it's not slowing down. Uh, consumers are still spending money. Uh, the labor market, um, the it, it's it's not it's not been disrupted yet by by by. You know some of the withdrawal of the uh, furlough schemes, but um, I, I think you're 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 right that there is a there's a lot of caution right now, especially uh, for for countries that um um you know have are anticipating more ki- type of travel restrictions, um, uh, pressure on some of these existing supply chain issues. So um, you're and you're also seeing that now you have to. Um, battle with, uh, a fed that might be raising rates, which might be keeping your currencies a little bit more vulnerable. So, so I think if you're not an export, uh, you know driven economy uh you know you don't necessarily want your your currency right now um, be, to be weakening so so i think there's there's lots of things uh at play and uh, I, I think no it'll i think uh, it was a slam dunk that they were going to raise rates and now yes there's there's uh, there's some doubt entering that
1: yeah and i know we're going to talk about oil in a moment or two uh ed but uh, with the price of oil you know plummeting over the last four or five weeks Uh, that could have an effect on the rate of inflation anyway so perhaps those hawks out there who are suggesting that we're gonna have a long and sustained period of inflation um maybe that will help
0: definitely the plunge with oil prices over these past couple weeks is um um I think um, a big sigh of relief for uh, many many um, consumers, and and I think though you have to remember, you know, we're we're still not really in, into winter yet, and we 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 have a an oil market that has not seen any investments into new wells. You, you you're you're seeing that there is a, a big amount of hesitation into uh, committing capital into uh, uh, capex here, and 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 I think what you're going to probably have is that um, uh, OPEC. Is, is going to make sure that, you know, we don't see um, prices collapse here. And, and the, I think right now um, the supply and demand dynamics really still suggest that um, we're not in the clear, um, you know, the, the talk of $90, $100 oil, um, that's still on the table. Um, even, even despite this new COVID variant, I think if the new variant seems to be not as uh, uh, severe as Delta, you could easily make the case that um, you know, in two weeks' time, we could you know return back to the highs that we were seeing uh, before this Omicron scare.
1: Yeah, we'll talk more about oil in, in, in a second or two, but I wanted to ask you about the uh, Omicron uh, factor. Lots of mixed messages at the moment about Omicron which I think is a problem, makes markets very volatile in deal. We don't know whether we're coming or going in this country, whether we're cancelling Christmas parties, whether we're going out, whether we're staying at home. In the UK, we have been told that we have to isolate for 10 days if we come into contact with someone who has the Omicron version of COVID. Uh, How they find that out uh, in the short term, I don't know. But at the same time, our health secretary, Sajid Javid, said we shouldn't... uh, cancel christmas parties uh so that's confusing and i don't know if you saw the research from israel this morning ed but uh, it suggests that two to three doses of a covid vaccine is effective against the omicron variant so i mean that's a well obviously a very promising uh, bit of news there's no doubt that this is a very contagious version of the disease but the most important thing is how severe it is and if it is just like having a bad cold in most cases or a bad bit of flu in most cases uh, particularly amongst those people who have been vaccinated then we're not going to be in the same position as we were this time last year when all hell broke loose because of the alpha variant and that is perhaps some promising news is it not
0: yeah yes i think i think there is um, optimism that is brewing and i think what really also complicated Uh, some of the the, the market reactions was you you were hearing some optimism from Pfizer. Then you heard uh, uh, Moderna's CEO uh, kind of uh, say, well, we might have to tweak this. It might take a lot longer. And they're saying we need to wait. We need to have at least a couple weeks more uh, data to get a better assessment of this. And remember, this is not the first new variant. We've had alpha, beta, gamma, delta. And uh, our, you know, the, the highly touted mRNA vaccines, they worked on creating uh, new versions because of those other variants. And guess what? They never had to implement it. Um, and I think, you know, you're starting to see now there, you know, there is that optimism growing that we might not have to start over and uh, have to go through 100 days of figuring out um, how a new new uh, vaccine can can be tweaked to uh, tackle Omicron. So I think right now, yes, it, it, it seems like it is more transmissible, but I think the, you know, a lot of the early signs is that it's not causing more severe illness, and that is is key. Um, and and uh, if if our vaccines do, uh, if the efficacy, let's say it goes down 10% or, or even 20 that's still good enough to uh, be optimistic that we're going to keep reopening. We're going to keep travel, um, going in, in, place. So, so I think, um, a lot of countries they're exercising caution. Um, I think that, that you're probably going to see until we get past that period, until the science can prove that this is not as, 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 uh, a game changer as Delta was, um, then you know you, you could really see I think a lot of the the reopening momentum go back into place. But I think a lot of people they got scared when you know when we had that first lockdown and and uh, um, I think I think that right now there's still strong optimism here that um, you're you're going to see that you know the the advanced countries that have the majority of their population vaccinated they're going to be able to easily quickly get beyond Omicron. The problem is. A lot of the the countries that are are lagging in vaccinations, um, you're you're just going to continue to see new variants come from those places. And and eventually you you could see a variant that could prove to be troublesome. But right now it it, it seems that uh, Omicron is – is uh, sparking, I think, uh, some motivation here that you, you need to get more vaccines to to uh, some of these developing nations. And uh, hopefully that is is going to be the key takeaway from this new variant. But um, I, I think right now there is still strong optimism that um, you should not be completely going to safety right now for your portfolios, because it seems that um, whatever uh, short-term uh, disruptions you, you get from Omicron, um, it's um, hopefully it, it's not going to prove completely uh, disruptive as as we won't likely see uh, a complete um, you know return to uh, nationwide lockdowns here in the U.S.
1: How about this for a positive spin maybe it's a good thing that it's a more infectious but much less harmful version of the disease because it means that we'll all get to herd immunity um, sooner rather than later but maybe I'm being uh, a bit of an amateur scientist there just like all of us these days we're all amateur scientists we all want to have a go. Uh, Going Briefly back to um, oil again, uh, Ed. And uh, yesterday, of course, we saw Brent uh, dip below $70 a barrel. And if you hark back just over a month ago, it was $86. So uh, some way below what it was. And we've got this OPEC Plus meeting as well. There are a number of factors. It's Omicron. It's OPEC Plus it's the extra supply from uh the united states as well they're all part of a, a myriad of reasons why oil is volatile at the moment
0: no very very much so and and i think that you know crude prices they got hit with that one-two punch you know the the coordinated um spr release and and uh then omicron and and uh it's you know i think uh the the key comment that um, we're hearing from this OPEC Plus meeting is that, you know, in these uncertain times, it's, uh, you know, OPEC's going to remain uh, prudent in their approach and, you know, they're, they're prepared to be proactive as as market conditions warrant, which is signaling that uh, they're they're probably going to have to hold off on that 400,000 barrel increase in in January. And and I think, um, you know, I will, just uh, yesterday when I was talking to a uh, Bloomberg, uh, you know, the, the the survey they had for me was well what, what are the expectations going into this meeting? And, you know, are they going to just hold off on, on the 400,000 barrel increase, uh, or are they going to go ahead with it, or are they going to reduce uh, um, output? And and I think right now you're probably going to see that, um, you, you know, there's, there's no incentive right now for them to, to go forward with uh, uh, that, that 400,000 barrel increase, and uh, I think that they 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 need to to make sure that you know some of this oil price volatility um, eases, and and I think that right now, um, uh, you know even you know before Omicron, I, I think that you know this market was poised to see higher prices, and the the the, the restrictions and, and and some of the case surges that we saw with Delta were 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 leading to concern. So I think that you just had a, an over Reaction and, and a sell-off here with with them um, crude, and then I think that there was this fear that you know will will uh, Omicron lead to another two or four million barrels per day um, that that uh, are no longer needed. Uh, but I, I think what we're going to start to see is that um, you know, there there's there's uh, probably going to be uh, some restrictive measures put in place. But I think that overall, um, you know, no one anticipated you know business travel to bounce back. Um, I think there's still strong optimism here that you're going to have um, um, still a a lot of Americans travel during the holiday, um, the the end of Hanukkah and Christmas period. Um, And uh, I think that right now you're probably going to have more um, um, reasons to anticipate that oil prices are going to go back higher. And I think it's because you've had... Uh, um, you know, since COVID, there has been no investment in new wells. I think you, you're starting to see lots of energy producers. They're looking to sell off assets. And uh, I think that this market, uh, this e- the global economy is completely dependent on crude. And, and uh, there are going to come periods of time where w- w- we see um, um, extreme shortfalls. And we can't just continue to go to the, let's tap the reserve strategy. That's not going to hold... Um, hold out well, and and I think right now you're probably going to see that. Uh, I think investors they're going to be more, uh, I think, um, willing to uh, buy um, um, this dip, and, and and you're not likely to see Saudi Arabia allow. Um, oil to um, i think dip much further for many years um, you saw a lot of these you know oil giants uh, they were struggling this is part of their time to play catch up this is how they're going to uh, fund their governments and um, this is a key point uh, where they know u.s production is not going to go higher you know if, if we have a new president uh, in 2024 that they, they'll you know i think they, they kind of see that as a possibility so they're, they're they're trying to take full advantage of higher prices right now with uh with the biden administration so i think you're probably you should still see uh, that you know, OPEC's long-term strategy is is going to uh, be um, um focused on on the short-term moves right now and uh that, that's probably going to lead to higher prices
1: ed thank you very much for joining us today we'll speak to you again soon always a pleasure thanks johnny
0: this is the oanda podcast